0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Ah, uh, all the others can run. All right. I thought originally about... Uh, do it your own, do it a DIY sermon today. I thought we could all sit quietly and we'd have someone set the alarm on their phone so we didn't sleep through second service. (laughs) And we could all meditate quietly. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm whooped. And uh, it's a good whooped, but I am whooped. Uh, Just kidding. I've been up since four o'clock getting ready, so... I've been waiting on you. Where you been? I even had a skunk this morning. I thought I was going to be, I thought I was either going to be washing a dog at 5 o'clock this morning or washing myself this 5 o'clock this morning. My wife said, Whoa, the dog, that, that skunk must be close because he was stinking up the place. Good old, you know, Chuck. Oh, I wasn't going to say Chuck, sorry. I know I have a friend who said he might have accidentally fell asleep on his lawnmower once. And, but I don't, want, I don't want to rat him out. But I got I to gotta tell you that when, when we did the cup a communion, all of a sudden I opened my eyes and I was like, where am I? What am I doing? And <laughs> did they come up the aisle and did I miss communion? <laughs> I was like, whoa. I know where I'm at. So we're in Esther, and we got 11 minutes. We're in Esther chapter 7, and I want to, I want to uh, remind you about the providence of God, right? And this is from uh, Charles Spurgeon. Uh, this is, I just tried to find a different one uh, this week, again, uh, to remind us about the providence of God, the way God provides for our life. And the whole book of Esther is about the providence of God, the way He's working uh, in and around us, Behind the scenes, um, I, I'll remind you again, his, the word God is not in the book of Esther. Um, and yet we see God's hand, his fingerprints, all over the things that are happening. And that's what we've been looking for every time we read the chapter. The providence of God is a great protector of our life and usefulness. And under the divine care, we are perfectly safe from danger. God's providence protects us. Remember, you may remember where we ended last week. We ended last week. Do you remember this? Haman was walking Mordecai around the city telling, him, telling the city how great he was. And in the, in the midst of that, his anger welled up in him. So frustrated over the situation. He had prepared to ask the king to kill him, so much so that he built a gallows outside his door in the city, prepared to hang him high. And in the midst of that, things get flipped upside down. And God today, God provides a way out for his people. And I want you to think about how God provides a way out for you, as we look at this passage, how God provided a way for God's people uh, to be protected. We have we don't quite understand the laws and the way things worked back then. But once an edict was written, there was no way we were going to change it. There was no way there was going to be something that that would. Uh, it was the king's. Uh, it was all about his reputation. Some of these kings actually believed they were gods, right? They were gods with a small g, but they believed that they were so important, so powerful. And we see in this book how the king thought pretty high of himself. And so when a king would would write an edict and his his ring was used, it it was as good as done. And yet God provides... For a way out for his people, we're going to begin uh, where God provides perfect timing. Perfect timing. You remember where we're at in this? This is the second. Uh, this is the second banquet. This is the second time, and then no less than three times has the king asked Esther, "What is it that you want? What is On your mind, Esther, tell me up until half of the kingdom is yours at your request. And again, we see that, right? He says it to her again at the second banquet. Tell me, Esther, I'll give you half of what I have. Tell me what it is that you want. Do you realize, do you recognize that God has perfect timing? All too often, uh, we pray expecting to force God's hand, to move God in a direction. uh, Well, we wouldn't say that, right? Because that would be sacrilegious. But sometimes if we're honest, we're trying to force God's hand. We're trying to force him to act. In a way that we believe is the right direction. And when he doesn't respond the way we think he should respond, we struggle. I do believe that that was probably Judas's problem uh, with Jesus. Judas's problem with Jesus was this. They had an understanding that he was going to take over the kingdom at that time. That it was going to be uh, an overthrow. That Jesus and his people would come and overthrow at that instant time. And when Jesus didn't respond in that way, I believe Judas was trying to force his hand. Judas was trying to to squeeze him, to to push him in that direction. We see other places where, even in our own lives, where we try to force God's uh, hands. Uh, Ministry opportunities, where we try to cut corners, where we don't take the time to discern what God has for us. Areas of our health and relationships. God's timing is perfect. I'm preparing. Uh, this is to remind me to, to remind you that I'll be on vacation. I'll be here till next weekend, but um, we're going to be on vacation for a couple weeks. And so um, just that's a that's a reminder. That's a, that's a reminder to remind me. Um, uh, Brentley and the deaconate board obviously will be uh, who you'd want to get a hold of the church. I don't know if you have any needs. I'm going to try not to answer my phone for two weeks. I'm going to see how that happens, uh, how that works. I might smash it on the way out. I don't know. We'll see. That would be a good way. But then I can't take any pictures. All that being said, Connect Four, you're like, why does that have anything to do with Connect Four, right? Well, Connect Four is what I downloaded on my tablet yesterday because my wife and I are going to be on a bus for a couple hours a day. We're doing this tour thing. And I thought, we've got to have something to keep us busy, right? And so I was practicing Connect Four so, so I can whoop her. Right? <laughs> and she, she's, if you know my wife, she, she likes the games that aren't strategic. She likes to, like, um, what's the Pictionary and those kind of games. And I'm like, I'm going to trample all over you and connect four, you know? And she'll be like, I don't care. I'm going to have to find a new friend on the bus. <laughs> but one thing I learned as I was practicing, practicing yesterday, is that the easy one was really easy, right? And, you know, the computer was like, oh, it just didn't make very good moves. And then I went to the medium. And then it made some better moves. But then I got to the hard one. That was the last one. And then what I realized, and you're like, what does this have to do with timing? Everything in Connect Four is about timing, right? What The, the goal, and as I'm watching the computer trying to trick me into losing, it sets me up, right? It sets me up with a perfect setup that if I put one uh, one checker in this spot... It just sets the computer up to win in another spot, right? And so what I realized pretty quickly as I was pr- pretending or practicing or whatever you want to call it was that timing is everything. You have to put the right checker in the right spot at the right time or it will get you, right? And God's timing, well, it's much better than Connect Four, right? It's perfect. God's timing is perfect. And we see in Esther's uh, And Esther's plan. God's timing is perfect. They again are in this banquet. And the king again asks the question. Esther doesn't even have to bring up uh, the discussion. The king brings up the discussion. What is it, Esther, that you want? What is it that you desire? Why have we had these banquets? And how can I... Good for you. I think all too often we forget that God is working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes in our lives. What we see is a bunch of pieces and, and it's, it's, uh, it's like kind of clunky, right? And, and if we were able to see God's way, we would see that there was this really nice um, connect the dots that helped us understand why things work the way they do. I have another story about a flat tire, and I don't know if I'm allowed to tell it. Am I allowed to tell it? Is it okay? Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't ask. I meant to ask this morning, and I forgot. So I got to tell you this story about a flat tire. Um, I got a flat tire trying to get to Koinonia one Sunday. My wife and I are trying to get to Koinonia to, to get to a closing to hang out with some Christian friends, and we try to get there and I got a flat tire. And I drive up this dirt road trying to get back home because we hadn't gotten very far. Drive past this guy's house and I got a flat tire and I, it's like, Arr. this guy is in his garage and he's like, hey, pull it in. No lie, pull it in. Like, I felt like it was NASCAR. I felt like I was in a NASCAR thing. He's like, ring, 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 ring. Pulls it off, plugs the tire, fills it full of air, 40 pounds, puts it back on, ring, ring, ring. Oh, see you later. <laughs> True story, right? Pretty cool story. Meet this guy. He Seems like a nice guy. I I send him. I I ask what we can do. He says pray for my wife. We uh, end up uh, just talking about that a little bit. I send him some cookies, uh, and then God kind of opens the door uh, for this this gentleman to be a part of our church and to be involved in our church. And I don't know what the end of the story looks like, but I know God's working in that story. And and as you begin to connect the dots, you begin to see God's hand um, all over this story. Just one of many. But all over that story, God's hand, his fingerprints all over that. His perfect timing. I got a flat tire and I was hoping to get back home. That was my intent. My intent was get on that dirt road, get the car back home, switch cars, and we're already late. And God had a different plan. His plan was, oh, you're not even going to get to your house. You're going to get a flat tire and you're going to meet this guy. And his timing was perfect. (laughs) God provides perfect words. I don't know if you noticed. The queen says, if I have found favor, O king, if it pleases you, give me my life and my people their lives. Have you ever thought about the things that come out of your mouth, the things that we say, the things good or bad, right? I'd love to tell you, the only thing that comes out of my mouth is good. Eh, Wrong answer. But it reminds me that God's timing, God's words are perfect. When he puts us in a spot to share the gospel, we have a decision to make. Do we, in faith, continue that conversation? Or do we chicken out because we don't think we have the right words? Or we don't think we have the right verses? Or we don't think we have enough to offer? Or we can't share our testimony? Esther had exactly the right words. Perfect words. And I want to challenge you in your faith. That when God prompts you, when God is challenging your heart, when God is moving in your life, and trust me, if I'm going to pray at the end of this sermon about it, and I can almost guarantee you that there will be someone in your path this week. Because that's how God works, right? We pray for it, God shows up. Perfect timing. He puts people in our path that need to hear the gospel. And he will give us perfect words to share when given that opportunity. Don't minimize those opportunities we have. Don't minimize the fact that God will put someone in your path to share the gospel with. The time is short. Scriptures say the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Share your testimony with those you come in contact with. If you are a believer in Christ, we have a responsibility. It's not a suggestion. It's a responsibility. If you have the opportunity to encourage someone in the faith who's having a rough day, encourage them. Proverbs 16.24 reminds us, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul. Sweet to the soul. Do you realize how strong and powerful words can be of encouragement? I joke with Brentley, but it's really the truth. If if I'm if I'm completely honest about my position, my position should come with pom poms, right? Let's let's just be honest. It, it should come with pom poms. I, I j, complete honesty. My job is to encourage people, to cheer people on, because I can't make you do anything. I can share the gospel with you all day long, but I can't make you accept it. But what I can do is encourage you by by one, by example, by reminding you how God has worked in the past and watching God work in the present so that he will work in the future. So the joke is always grab your pom poms. It's time to encourage people, but that's the reality. Our, my job. Thank you, Lord. I, I was. I, if I always tell people, if you don't feel encouraged when you spend time with me, I am not using the gift God has given me. That's a gift I have that God has given. It's not mine. It's His. But I also understand that that is sometimes what we need, just a reminder that God is with us, that someone cares, that someone's on our side, that someone gives a rip. And oh, do we have the opportunity over and over and over and over again. You see these young kids that run out? They're going to run back in, right? And they need our love, our care. I think, I think I'm best suited for about whatever group was in this front row. It must have been like two-year-olds. <laughs> <Not so> because <bad. laughs> if you caught me last week during VBS, you caught me giving high fives to two-year-olds, right? <laughs> I don't think I've made it to the three-year-olds yet. <laughs> I'm still working on figuring out two-year-olds. Oh, okay. Oh, I, oh, yes. I've graduated to the two and three year olds. You want to see genuinely sweet children, right? Just genuinely sweet. Don't have a clue what the words to the song are. Don't have a clue what the motions are. But they're excited to be here. And after the first day when they thought, who is this weird guy giving me a high five... That took a day, but then we got past that and was like, oh, yeah, we could do high five. Yeah, we. Kind words are like honey, sweet to our soul. Proverbs 13 reminds us whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Do you remember the, the, the verse that says, speak the truth in love? Do you know that one? That's the one I have to remind myself. I'm really. I'm not too bad at speaking the truth, but sometimes I don't speak it in love, right? Sometimes i gotta, sometimes I got to put a, help, a good helping of uh, love on top of it. I found this from a guy uh, uh, who's a Christian. Um, he's an activist. Uh, I mean, I don't think, like I didn't know who he was, but I really liked his take on that verse. It says, my goal is to speak the truth in love. There are a lot of people speaking the truth with no love, and there are a lot of people talking about love without much truth. A guy by the name of Shane Claiborne, he's a, he's a Christian activist. I, I just felt like, boy, that really hits the nail on the head. The challenge for us is to speak the truth in a loving way. And finally, God provides in perfect Freedom. God's people in the story have a death sentence. There's no way out. They're not going to get out. What we see today, though, is that the king, he takes the bad guy out, the first, the first step to freedom. He takes Haman and he has him impaled or hung, depending on your, ver- on your version. Either way, it's not a good day. And as Christians, I'm going to challenge you this morning and I'm going to ask you this question. Are you living in the freedom God has given you? We understand the freedom in America, the freedom to worship, and we, we, we appreciate that and that's a great thing. But I'm going to ask you to go another step higher, to live in the freedom God has given us. He has freed us from the bondage of sin. He has freed us from the bondage of sin. That this life holds us down and holds us back. Hebrews 11 is what we call the faith chapter. You know that chapter, right? Just loaded. If you want to read it by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. The whole chapter is a laundry list of all the people, not all the people, it says that it's not an exhaustive list, but it's a, a list of people who lived by faith. Who lived their life in, in reflection of the faith they had? They lived it out. And then you get to chapter 12, verse 1. And I call it the snowsuit, the snowsuit verse. Because I always think about when I read the verse. If you were gonna run a marathon and you ran it in a snowsuit, how do you think that would go? Not well, right? You might make it for a little while. But I wonder how often in our Christian walk we're walking this journey, a marathon, in our snowsuit, tangled, all bundled up, hung up on the things of this world. This is what Paul, it, it, I mean, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. This is what it says. Let us throw everything off that hinders us and sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance a race marked out for us. Do you understand that God has a race marked out for you already? It's already done. And we get tangled up in our old sin nature. We get tangled up in our mind. We get tangled up In the things of the past. Christianity is freedom. We have been freed from that. Let it go. Walk away from it. This seems like a great idea, does it not? We used to, anybody ever used to do the sack races? Seems like a great idea until what? Until you take a dive, right? Till you, until you catch, because you're trying to beat everybody else. Seems like a great idea. I'm ahead. You know that. You know where that kid's going in about ten seconds, right? On his face, because he's got his hands down here and there's nowhere to catch himself. He's about to squash his face. Seems like a great idea. This is what we do in Christianity, right? We get, a, let me get my sack on. I'll be okay. Run the race. Run it free. Don't let other people tangle you up. Don't let other people get in the way. Don't let a denomination get in the way. Don't let the news get in the way. Don't let other people get in the way. Live out your relationship with Jesus Christ. He has set us free. The verse in in, uh, John 8 that we talked about during communion. He has set us free. Don't live in bondage if he has set you free. This weekend we celebrate freedom. And it's easy for us to get hung up on the, on the freedom that we have in America. And that's not a bad thing to be reminded of. It's a great thing. But I don't know if you know of this picture that the cross to me looks a lot taller than the flag. And the reason I picked that picture was for for one reason. The freedom in Christ is bigger than the freedom in America. Right? The countdown says, pray for our people. We know we have a mess. And like it or not, I don't know where it'll land, right? I don't know what it'll look like in 20 or 30 years. I can't guarantee there will be freedom in America in 20 or 30 years. What I do know, there is freedom in Christ. And if I look at statistics, I realize very quickly that Christianity grows best when it's being squashed. Christianity grows best when it's not even a legal thing to do. And so I have to ask myself this, if I'm being honest. Is freedom the ultimate goal in America or is freedom in Christ my ultimate goal. Be careful we don't get them all tangled up. Because the freedom in Christ is eternal. I can't guarantee what's going to happen in America. And neither can you or anyone else. But what I can guarantee you through the, through the blood of Jesus is this. That if you ask Him into your heart, if you ask Him into your life, if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have freedom. You are already free. And you are free for eternity. You've already begun the walk to eternity. And that freedom won't be taken away. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the story of Esther. Lord, for how you work.